Okay, that was a um, previous um, recording. So I have just a couple ways to set this up, this next recording. Um, The previous recording on the podcast was from an article about Carl Jung. And um, I, for anybody who looks at the podcast, will know that I've been goofing off with guitar stuff. I probably need to practice more. I've been in practice and actually served on worship teams in the past. But it's one of those things I don't do as much every single day. And um, then I have also been reading from Dante. Um, I have a personal pause for that. Those who know me know why and um, know those who are reading in this particular reading community know why. So I'm just taking a pause and uh, we'll probably work through the rest of that on my own. I think they've basically um, discontinued the group or finished the group. But um, I'm still keeping with the material and looking forward to the next read um, that I've had on the shelf for a while. But meanwhile, I thought it'd be fun to read an article because, uh, number one, uh, it it is Carl Jung, C.G. Jung, and um, he had a lot of great things to say, a lot of great things. And then he had some good things to say, but he he really did have a lot of great things to say, and um, I appreciate what some people think of as his spirituality. So I'll read with kind of an engagement in the readings, in other words, just sharing a little bit of my tids and bits um, throughout this particular thing. The third thing is, this is the literature review portion of the article. Again, the article is like 20 pages, so I'm just reading bit by bit each night. And um, the literature review is something that is very important to consider if you are especially like an upperclassman in college or um, lower graduate level um, with a master's degree or something. Because to be honest, at that level, people still aren't really super interested in what everything you have, like all your opinion, unless it's an essay. But... Uh, they are interested in good current research, and one of the best ways to do that is not through books, but through recent articles, especially in social science. You want to be like within the last 10 years or so. And so um, I really like to push articles when I have a chance. I seldom do. I I usually talk about books, um, and I have other studies. It's quite different when you're studying ancient Christian classics, but in social science, you know, articles, especially like in the last 10 years, are great. And a literature review is just a great way of like catching up with uh, what different journals are saying about a specific topic. And um, of course, anybody who is in school or has access to um, libraries online or can go just down to the public library and can um, access these types of materials and uh, put together something that's really worthy of some good research. So um, this is the literature review portion of this. And... um, Again, the name of the article is A Leadership Framework Derived from the Ideas of C.G. Jung. And it's John G. Corlett, who I recently found out is from um, UVA. And one of the things I really like about UVA, their graduate programs, is in my fields of study, they are very highly um, interdisciplinary. And I say that with a lot of respect. I'm very grateful for what they offer. I don't know if I'll ever intersect with UVA that much, but I guess I am here um, with John G. Yeah. Corlett, who uh, Corlett, who um, has served there. And uh, this particular article is from Journal of Jungian Scholarly Studies, Volume 17, 2022, 
We looked at the introduction last night, tonight the literature review. So I'll just dive right in. Forgive me for reading slowly at times because uh, I'm reading off a small reader on my phone. And secondly, forgive the background noise. Uh, I'm hanging out with a college student who's in a gaming room, video game room, doing some kind of, a, you know, whatever it is, a, you know, virtual military kind of fun stuff. You know, it's not military for real. It's just like uh, video games, but... Uh, so you'll hear him chatting with people. So I think it adds to the fun. So literature review, and especially since many of you will have to study in this particular type of environment anyway. It doesn't hurt to keep your concentration. So the literature review is this. Insights from scholars with a bent toward Jung's analytical psychology have been significant in understanding wholeness as it pertains to the concepts of leader and leadership. These insights cluster around three broadly defined leadership issues, and we're going to read big paragraphs on each of these. Um, the personal development of the leader, the day-to-day -day conduct of leadership, and the role of leadership in organizational change and development. Within the clusters, there appears to have been relatively little, quote, conversation between or among the principals. In other words, the main people acting in these research projects don't seem to be at the table with each other. Jung um, seems to be a very mysterious guy, and um, in some ways, uh, his students are scattered around the world. I think I talked about that a little bit last night. Um, so that's no big surprise. Um, so the first section is... Subsection is the personal development of the leader. Corlett and Chisholm have reported the profound connection Jung made between the leader and the leader's individuation, which is the uh, development of an individual's personality. Similarly, Corlett and Pearson have suggested that those leaders best equipped to create quote-unquote organizational wholeness and this is a balancing of archetypal forces, archetypes are huge with Jung, are those committed to doing their own inner work. Samuels has discussed a, quote, depth psychological, quote, um, depth here referring to the unconscious approach to leadership, while Gironet and Stein have reported using a technique they call, quote, deep listening, quote, to help leaders put their unconscious selves in contact with consciousness. Stein has recounted his experience as a psychoanalyst working with a corporate leader whose over-identification with an organization had robbed her of her wholeness. Ladkin et al., and when you see et al. like that, it means uh, everybody that's going to be researching with Ladkin. It could be an entire fellowship of 10 to 12 people for all I know. Ladkin et al. have posited individuation as an antidote to an overemphasis on cultural factors in the development of a leader. And, striking a similar note, Singer has reflected on the elusiveness of wholeness in the political realm, observing that, quote, it is the rare leader who can articulate a true vision that fits with real politics, quote. So one of the common threads here is being able to lead without over-identifying with the uh, corporate structure, um, maintaining individuation, maintaining personality. 
Um, so that's the personal development of the leader. Then we have the day-to-day -day conduct of leadership. Feldman has discussed the development of, quote, symbolic capacity, quote, a dimension of organizational leadership that draws on both consciousness and the unconsciousness to heighten creativity. Both Samuels and Eisenstadt, I hope I'm saying that right, Eisenstadt, have written in a similar vein. Samuels discussing a, quote, depth psychological, quote, approach to leadership and Eisenstadt noting that success in entrepreneurial leadership requires access to imagination, intuition, or hunches, and the resources of the unconscious, or feelings and motives of which one is unaware. Pretty interesting. I typically think of all the old, um, you know, shows and serials where the uh, chief of police or something acts on a hunch, and um, so... That would be kind of within the same vein there as depth psychological approach uh, there of Eisenstadt. Um, Krogren and Thuisen have considered knowledge of psychological types. Again, types are something that's uh, major in Jung's theory. So Jung's holistic theory of basic personality differences, again, is kind of based on types in some ways, as a critical factor in leadership effectiveness. While Hillman and Oliver have reflected on the ways that knowledge of the archetypes, and archetypes are different in that they are universally experienced and unconscious patterns of knowing, active in the psyche can enhance one's leadership performance. So there's types and archetypes uh, explored as you want, but um, I guess this article, you know, is for fans of Jung, uh, kind of like me. Um, but there are some major differences there. Um, Taylor has made a case for the withdrawing of projections. And these are unknowingly perceiving something of oneself in another person or situation as a vital leadership skill. So um, basically what Taylor is saying is withdrawing projections, which means projections is something that is a definition shared with Freud and Jung, um, who were really contemporaries for a long time and in close communication. Um, so I don't know who came up with the idea first. It's kind of like the chicken and the egg. But the definition kind of matches for both of them. Projections would be something from myself or my personality that I am projecting like a projector onto you or into you and um, expecting you to act in a certain way like me, in other words. In ethical terms, it would be like me imposing my values into you or my ethics into you and expecting you to live up to my norms or standards. But projections can be anything like that. And of course, with psychodynamic theory, like Freud and Jung, um, projections, of course, can be anything. So, and then in modern psychodynamic theory, um, sometimes there can be projections and interjections and... Um, the modern psychodynamic theorist uh, recognizes that as a point of contact and does not dismiss it necessarily, but uh, utilizes it in the therapeutic relationship. And exactly how a psychodynamic therapist does that is well beyond me. But I do know that that is a, a possibility, a slight shift 
in it. Um, so withdrawing projections is great um, in some ways, but according to modern psychodynamic theory, um, it can be utilized as a tool in the relationship. I'm just not sure about in the business strata. Um, so let's move on from Taylor. Um, Scott has discussed her experience with a CEO by denying his own anger, who by denying his own anger fostered an organizational culture incapable of dealing with conflict. Now there's a problem. Hillman has suggested that leadership has much to do with being in harmony with the innate purpose and direction of the group. Corlett has considered the role of leaders as mediators between conscious and unconscious dynamics in an organization in fostering organizational effectiveness. Fox has echoed that theme in suggesting that leadership is a deep call to humility that bridges the worlds of consciousness and the unconsciousness. Unconscious. I'm going to just say this again about Fox. Uh, this echoes kind of older ideas of maybe the telos of a group, classical Greek, uh, the projection of the, the direction of a community as a whole. Um, what what are, what are we being pulled toward? What 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 are the goals that we're 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 seeing ourselves being pulled toward? It's kind of like a higher goal, and it's more like a proof of something greater than us. Um, it can also be said in modern terms like existentialism, and I do use modern very carefully because I'm not sure existentialism crossed into postmodern theory. Um, it's just kind of like a meaning, meaning in life. Um, I think it does stem from some of the Renaissance, uh, writers and, um, but another one that could be one that has crossed many centuries could be the, like kind of the Christian, Christianese type term vocation. And you're going to find it used by very different types of Christian leaders. So Take it with a grain of salt, but vocation could also speak to it. So let me read that again. Fox has echoed that theme in suggesting that leadership is a deep call. So think of telos. Think of um, existentialism to extent. I'm not a huge fan of existentialism, but think of it to an extent. And think of maybe vocation if you're looking for Christian ways of integrating. And it's not just Christian, but vocation used by other uh, outside the you know outside Christian uh, writings, so Fox has echoed that theme in suggesting that leadership is a deep call to humility that bridges the worlds of consciousness and the unconscious. Finally, Apt has reflected on the solidarity that obtains between leaders and followers when the leaders understand that their actions must honor wholeness at three levels: the individual the group and the environment in which the group operates. So here you have Fox who's kind of applied uh, these things at a community level and so there you have the word solidarity. So there you go with um, the literature review, the first couple being the personal development of the leader, the second one being the day-to-day -day conduct of leadership that we just completed, and third, the role of leadership in organizational change. I'm not any <laughs> Lovely background. Um, Coleman has written about the importance of integrating consciousness and unconsciousness dynamics in group development work. Corlett and Pearson 
have suggested that creating the conditions in which an organization and its members can move toward organizational wholeness requires the combined efforts of both managerial leaders and those empowered individuals who are recognized within the organization as natural leaders. Again, the, I think the operative word here is recognized. So there are a lot of people who have a lot of influence, but there may be a lot of fewer people who are actually recognized or mentored maybe along in the organizational way uh, to be sort of... Uh, influencers within the organization, even if they don't necessarily wear an organization badge, if I could say it that way. Um, maybe, I hate to say behind the scenes, some people operate that way, or just out in the open, kind of on the front end. So um, then you have uh, Olson, Coleman, and Ubelagero and Koning have all considered the role of the transcendent function and this is defined as a symbol that reconciles seemingly unre unreconcilable conflict, a symbol, uh, transcendent, in the leadership of organizational change. Olson has illustrated how the transcendent function can work to link unconscious and conscious processes in team-building interventions. Again, symbolism and the transcendent, this is unique to Carl Jung, and uh, this, is a, this is really one of the divergent points between him and Freud, and I won't get into that too much. But anyway, uh, Coleman and Ubalagero have dealt with the role of mentors and advisors in helping leaders involved in transformative action to engage the, quote, transcendent catalyst of the third thing, quote, thereby not becoming scapegoats. So that's a transformative uh, statement, basically, that the, that the mentors and everybody can get, insert themselves into a situation and uh, through symbolism, transformative leadership uh, can resolve and bring about change, thereby exiting without becoming the scapegoat or, or the one that the blame gets pushed back on. It's quite a tricky situation sometimes in leadership to do such things. Koning has developed a concept he calls quote, leadership for the whole, quote, bringing to bear Jung's ideas about the transcendent function, intuition, symbolism, yeah, and active like imagination, uh, an intentional dialogue between the ego and the unconscious in the work of organizational development. Again, uh, you're going to recognize this language, ego and the unconscious, um, as similar to Freud. Remember, these two were working in tandem at one point, um, I'm not sure of all the details of why they uh, changed ways, but I do know, um, you know, Jung had a, a different focus, maybe a broader sociological focus than Freud, um, and a cultural focus. But again, the idea of the ego and the unconscious would be similar for both of them. So go ahead and just, um, if you know Freud's theory, you're going to get kind of a similar idea there with Jung. So um, the transcendent, though, the, the thing that's above, um, the act of imagination, Jung's ideas basically help bring about communication um, with organizational development. This would be a little bit different than Freud, who basically said the different level, levels of uh, the person, the id, the ego, the superego, aren't easily in communication. Um, so Jung kind of trumps that with uh, the transcendent and the symbolic. 
So in my view, wrapping up this uh, literature review, the author Corlett says, in my view, the young-based leadership framework that follows could be seen as enriching the literature discussed. So we'll see how he launches into some newer ideas after this leadership review. So I hope you enjoyed it, and I certainly hope you enjoyed uh, the background uh, you know, video games. Um, if you ever want to jot a note on this particular blog, contact me however you want. See if you can guess what video games being played. And uh, once again, um, this is in the Journal of Jungian Scholarly Studies, Volume 17, 2022, a leadership framework derived from the ideas of C.G. Jung, and it's written by John G. Corlett. Hope you have a great evening.